Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. Today we're joined with Joshua B. Lee, the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, which by the way is um, actually what stood out to me about your profile, Joshua, on LinkedIn. We had um, found ourselves in some similar um, online spaces and that title just really stuck out to me. So as you're introducing yourself, if you just want to talk about that, I found that really interesting. Welcome to the show. Chelsea, thank you so much. Um, I, I appreciate it and excited to be here with you today. And you know, it's funny about the title. It's it's not a self-given title. I just want to put that out there for everyone hearing. <laughs> okay. Be like, hey, look at me kind of situation. I was on a uh, good friend of mine's podcast. Um, it's called the Hustle and Flowchart Podcast. And when it launched, when I was telling them how the process that I go through, the the human elements that we use, um, on LinkedIn to be able to really connect with people and build that human connection and that relationship first, not being able to do leads and sales. Mm-hmm. The, the title of the podcast came out, Joshua B. Lee, the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn, and it's kind of stuck. So, yeah. Well, what I love about it is I know that you have um, a track record of building lots and lots of companies. And what's really interesting to me is that at some point, entrepreneurs pretty much Uh, they either drop off or they figure out that that human element is super important. And so um, having worked through and climbed a lot of those mountains, I love that what's really important to you and it comes across in your writing, it comes across in your posts, it comes across in just interacting with you that um, lifting and helping other people along the way um, is, is an important part of what you're doing here. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could say that that's how I started out. Um, it took a long time to be able to kind of, to get there. Um, I, I thought I was doing that, but it, it just, it was those things that you, when you're taught, when you're starting your first companies and being able to go through, I think I was doing it. I was, I know I was doing it for the wrong reasons. We, you know, we're all taught to be able to build your company, be able to, to build wealth, to be able to monetize, to be able to go through. And then honestly, that led me down a path of not honestly outside looking in, everyone goes, Oh, Josh is successful. Well, based on monetary value, that's what, that's how we deem success in this world. And that's sad because I, I don't think that's true success, but cause internally I wasn't happy. I wasn't good with where I was at and I needed to reset my life to be able to get to where I am, to realize that the you and human is what really makes us and sets us apart. And that's what we have to really focus on, not only for ourselves to be able to connect with other people, but to also be able to allow us others to be able to rise up because when we rise up together we all rise up and that's the biggest thing that i think that will truly shift and change the world mm-hmm. which is really interesting it, it it is so personal coming to that conclusion of uh, first defining what is success because it can't just be a number on a piece of paper um but then the work that goes into shifting that perspective and taking the action to create and really design for yourself in your life what it is that you're after. So kind of take me on that journey. You said at first it wasn't always, even though well-intended, wasn't the way that it is now. So take me on like a little, a little, little journey. So, you know, I mean, I I won't start all the way back where, you know, I sell candy out of my locker, right? Where did your (laughs) entrepreneurial journey go? Well, I used to sell, you know, like, it's like, we'll, we'll skip ahead a little bit. Okay. So, like with my first company, I mean, as I kind of go through, I mean, um, I got like online advertising space in around 2003. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you know, again, I had taken all the things that we were taught, right, to be able to build a company, to be able to look for opportunities to monetize, to be able to get through. And I was kind of blessed and cursed in the beginning because I was actually one of my first clients um, is a company that most people have forgotten about these days, um, MySpace. So I remember, you know, yeah. Depending on generational, <laughs> you know, like my kids would be like, "What's that?" You know, like, yeah. And, but you know, and and it's funny. My wife goes, "You really age yourself when you tell people your cl- first one of your first clients was MySpace." And my <laughs> But well, it's nostalgic. You know, yeah, but you know, we, a lot of us had MySpace. One of the things I think I kind of got blessed and cursed because I I was one of the first people they got a contract with them to monetize the traffic their traffic, and you know we helped them actually build one of the first social media ads, right? To be able that a lot of stuff is based around today, and so doing that we monetized a lot of traffic throughout my career in the early days. I built multiple different companies all around monetization um, and really making sure that I, I figured out how to be able to do that, did that really, really well. Um, monetized over half a billion dollars in advertising and I've controlled over 35 trillion online impressions like views on my, on my servers. And, you know, Chelsea, through all that, I, what I learned was there's a huge difference in actually traffic and actually true engagement. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of went through that whole process, it was hollow because like success what everyone deemed it as like, oh, well, yeah, I ran at the time I was running 10 different companies or six, seven and eight bigger companies. Um, and, you know, I didn't, I could travel anywhere. I could work when I wanted. I had an amazing team. But like for me, I was 45 pounds overweight and I'd never been overweight in my life. My relationships had become monetary based on how much I was spending and people liked to be around me for that. And I had no vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at. And I, I tried this whole work-life balance thing that we're all told and knocked into our heads and and honestly that didn't that didn't lead me into anywhere else i mean i remember when i had my son 12 years ago i wanted to be that father that was around so i stopped going in the office i started being at home mm-hmm. and that was really the true realization where i really started shifting my perspective on what i wanted to do and who i was because i still remember the time like I always had my office doors open, Chelsea, when I worked at home. So if I couldn't say what I wanted to say in front of my kids, no matter how young they were, I probably shouldn't say it, right? I mean, it's just it's just a common human thing. Like most of us probably need to be better attentive to. Like mm-hmm. what are we saying in front of our kids? Because they're sponges to be able to take in. So I wanted to represent that whole piece. And I still remember, and this is the biggest shift of my life. And it even kind of still hits me when I talk about it. Like I remember when the doors of my office shut and that office at the house became not only a a sanctuary for me to be able to escape the life that I had quote unquote built for myself that I didn't enjoy, but also a coffin Mm. at the same time that I would actually stare at the walls contemplating my own life. Like was my life more important to the people around me and my family or was the money that my life insurance would leave for them? And that was a hard truth for me to kind of swallow. And I remember those days. I mean, I, I was really blessed that a good friend of mine that kind of gave me permission, not only to take back my life, but to be able to give my give the life back to, you know, my former uh, and you know, my children's mother and that like that because we had just grown mm-hmm. apart as well. And so that's kind of where I had started the biggest shift because during that time, Chelsea, I closed down all ten of my companies. Um, because my lawyers had told me it was going to take three years to go through. I, 
I, I figured out really quickly that I, I can make more money. I can't make more time. And so at 36, I moved back in with my parents. Um, didn't think that was going to happen um, to be able to save time for my kids and um, had a little bit under $1,000 in my name and restarted my career. And that's kind of what led me where I am today to really kind of reimagine and really create what I wanted to do. That's just a beautiful story. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think that it takes so much courage to get to the place where you ask yourself the tough questions and obviously had some tough conversations with someone who cared a lot about um, about your well-being. And so getting to that place where you reset and you just self-align, how do you integrate now knowing what it can be like if you're going so far so fast you knew that wasn't the path for you how do you integrate um we're not going to say balance because we agree that that's not going to be the thing but how do you integrate all the things you want to do um with your priorities you've used the word integrate yeah i mean you you use the word integration right i mean that's the whole piece and that's what i think you're spot on you have to be able to integrate it's all about life integration because, you know, to see if you and I are standing here having a conversation and you're standing there with both feet on the ground going through, and I'm standing here on one leg trying to balance the whole time. I guarantee you, you're going to be able to stand there a heck of a lot longer than me because eventually I'm going to get tired. I'm going to, I'm going to tip over. And that's what happens to most people trying to live this Mm -hmm. whole balanced life. There is no balance. And this is why I wrote my book balance is BS. <laughs> well, you know, being able to go through it's how to live an integrated life, right? Being able to go through this whole piece. And for me, it was losing, not losing everything, because I didn't lose everything. I didn't lose my life. I didn't lose my children. I didn't lose anything. I lost money, right? And it did, it was a shift. I hadn't worried about money for a while because we put so much power in that mm-hmm. all money dollar, right? We put feelings on it. Like if, you know, money is, it's when I ask people like, what, what is money? People go, Oh, well it's opportunity. It's hope. It's, 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 you know, it's whatever it's power. Those are all human characteristics. Mm -hmm. Money is money, right? We put so much, we give it so much power when the power is without us. And that's what really shifted for me was when I realized where the true power was within myself and I couldn't fill, I couldn't pour from an empty cup. Right. Cause I want to be able to fill other people's cups because that's just the type of person I was I wasn't filling my own. And so for me, it was how I started my day. And that was the biggest shift for me, Chelsea, to be able to put that life integration was one, understand what makes me powerful. And then two, be able to give it myself first before I give it to anybody else. It's so interesting that you say that because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of founders. And one of the most common threads in the people who are creating the results that they want in their life is the morning routine. I mean, without deviation, yeah. I'm going through the, my conversations just in this past week. It's all there. Um, I have one, you have one. Talk a little yeah. bit about what, how do you set up each day? Yeah, no worries. Well, I mean, like, here's the biggest thing I had to shift. And I think this is for most people in this world. What's the first thing that people do on average when they wake up in the morning, what, what would you say is the first before thing I had a, a healthy routine, it would have been going to my phone. Yep. <laughs> Reach for this, this powerful thing called your phone. And I mean, what you're doing is you're setting precedence that the outside world is more important than you. The world didn't stop spinning. Your business mm-hmm. is not on fire. Someone <laughs> didn't die. 
You're not going to find because right. you would get a call. Someone's going to call you. It's not going to be on social media. Yeah, you don't have media. to seek it out. <laughs> yeah. So people are, if something massive happened, a shift or change that needed your attention, they will get a hold of you. You don't have mm. to go look for it. And so that was the biggest shift, right? Don't reach for your phone. You know, give yourself that grace, right? Give yourself 30 minutes, an hour. I mean, I do my best. And again, I'm human. I do my best not to touch my phone till 9 a.m., right? Before I actually go into it. So that's the whole piece. Like I wake up, I want to be able to stretch. I want to be able to then go through. And one of the first things I do is I go to workout. You know, I, I start my workout. I then go through from workout. I meditate. From meditation, I journal. And from journal, I spend time with my kids and my, my family. And then that's when, and I'll be honest, I reach for my phone, but I do something different that's probably that. than most people do. So have you ever created a to-do list? I have. I find them as a great starting okay. point. Okay. But like, okay, so you wrote down a whole bunch of things on that piece of paper. What's the value of that piece of paper? I don't know. You don't. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of paper. So people go, oh, well, I wrote the things <laughs> down. I'm going to do them. But then we also, we hold ourselves accountable more so than anyone else. We're like, and then we look at it and go, oh, man. I didn't get to those things, right? But there's no power in those, but we hold ourselves accountable. So that's what we have to look at. So I, I took a little different path and I shifted, right? Because I was like, there's no power in that paper. But at the same time, if I don't do the things at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, I'm going to really, you know, be on myself. So I reached for my phone and as human beings, the more the senses that we use, the better we actually mm -hmm. take in something. So like I take out my phone, we all have the video camera feature on the phone. And I make a video of myself. And the first thing I do is I think of five things. And this is, I start really small in the beginning that I move a little bit heavier. Five things that without a shadow of a doubt that I know that I will accomplish that day. So it's like, I'll take out the phone like, Josh, today you will, I don't know, walk the dog, give your son a hug, right? <laughs> Wake up, you know, easy things. Use the restroom. Yeah. These things happen. Eat lunch. Right? It's like not anything crazy, right? That I'm starting these five things. And at the end of it, I go, Josh, congratulations on accomplishing the goals that you set out for yourself today. So that's the video I recorded. So that's great. I know that I'm going to do it, but I, I'm doing it for a different reason, right? Not to be able to say these are the goals I want to be able to do, but it's the way I want to end my day, right? Before I start the next one, because I think in this world, most of us do not go to bed feeling accomplished. There's always a lack of accomplishment, like, oh man, I wish I had gotten to that. And so I wanted to shift that perspective for me. And I've done it with some of my clients as well, too, as we'll be able to share this. So I make that video at the end of the night, right before I go to bed, I watch it again. I can see myself, I can hear myself, right? Saying, these are the things you're going to do and congratulations on accomplishing those goals. Because we hold ourselves more, more, more accountable than anyone else, when we're saying congratulations, it makes us feel good. It makes us feel accomplished. And I can go to bed feeling accomplishment. That means I wake up stronger. I wake up happier. I have a better night's sleep. And that gives my whole next day. And so, and if I can tell myself that I'm going to accomplish these goals and I'm going to, I do them every day, who are the comments that gives me when I work, work with someone else, but knowing that if I can do that for myself, man, I can do it for anybody else. I love that. And you know, you're touching on something really important too, which is not only the morning routine and putting a strong emphasis about being intentional there, but positioning our sleep and our closeout as an activity that should be deliberately yeah. 
planned and thought out. Um, you know, I mean, look, we all love watching TV and movies and stuff like that, but are they really, I mean, we, we know the blue light and everything like that. I mean, like, are we really positioning ourselves for uh, the best night's sleep? Possible? Right. No. Right. I mean, you can get a ton of sleep and still wake up totally trashed, not at all rejuvenated, or you can get less sleep, but it's actually yeah. super productive. And I, there's a whole, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on just that, but, but yeah, what I'm, oh, yeah. what I'm loving, what I'm hearing throughout this whole conversation is that, um, in order to rebuild and do all of the amazing things that you're doing now, but in a way that feels good all the way around, there has to be more time and attention put on every aspect, not just the financial aspect, not just the building of businesses aspect, but what you're hoping. <laughs> right. And what's funny and what I've noticed in my life, I'm sure you've noticed in yours is that when you put emphasis on the right things first, it suddenly opens up time and opportunity and energy for all of those other things. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole piece. It needs to be like money needs to be a byproduct of what you do. And that's, that doesn't need to be the focus. And this is where people have to be able to shift. We make it so much of a focus. It controls power mm -hmm. over us and it allows us not to have the things that we really, really want and give us that opening of opportunity. Right. And so that's where you have to be able to shift that. And then once I started making that shift, it was amazing. The things that I got to be able to do, the people I got to work with I mean, like these days, I get to work with men and women that I used to read their books on how to start my own companies 20 years ago. And now I get to help them connect with their world and their audience and be able to work with these people that are adding value to the world, not just trying to monetize it. And it's amazing. And it makes me, it fills me up because what I did, I did the work first with me. And then I, I started showing up for mm -hmm. everyone else. I love that. That is so great. I find it really impressive and um, inspiring your resilience to be able to work through what you have. What advice would you give someone who feels like they're burning out? They're going down a path where what, you know, the external isn't giving them the internal gratification that they were hoping it would. Yeah. First off, I just want to say you're not alone. Like this is the biggest thing. And this is the one thing I always want to make sure I shift. I felt so alone going through all that, Chelsea, because that's what we do, especially as entrepreneurs, we put ourselves on these islands. But the, the, the weight is ours to bear and not to be able to put it on our family, not to put not anyone know. We're told not to let anyone see the cracks in us, right? And, you know, we're like Atlas pushing the rock up the hill. And so many of us feel alone. And I want everyone to understand you're not alone because all you have to do is be able to, there's so many others like us. And this is why I share so much, right? So you have to be able to be open. You have to let everyone else know how you're feeling. Go through. Look, I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, I go through, I have an amazing group of people that I can, that can lovingly call me mm -hmm. out on my BS, right? Like, and be able to go through. But at the same time, you have to be able to let someone else know. When I told my friends after I went through my reset and divorce and things of that nature, and I had this perception, and this is what messes most people up is, our perception of other people's <laughs> perception of us is what usually yes. drives us crazy, right? We have no clue. I have no clue what you're thinking right now, Jesse, unless you tell me, but we, I'll yeah. run it through my head, yeah. right? Yeah. That'd be an interesting conversation. What do you think I'm yeah. thinking right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have no clue. It's a guessing game, but that's what most of us do all the time and we're going through. And so I had to be able to, you know, we have to be able to shift these whole things. So you have to be able to speak out. So if you're going through this, let mm -hmm. someone know, reach out, ask for help. 
I guarantee you someone, the right person will not look on you poorly. They will look at you as a strong individual because you're acknowledging that you can't do it by yourself. That's okay. We're not required to do that. That's, we are humans. We are, we like to be able to work and be with other people. And so that's the biggest thing I want everyone to take, you know, be able to reach out, ask for help. And so see these days, like I've been remarried now for almost four years amazing to be able to have that partner to be able to work with. And she not only was in corporate and now she actually left in the last eight months and now works with me at standard authority. It's amazing to be able to mm-hmm. that one life, you know, I don't have a work life and a personal life, right? I mean, it did. It's kind of like having two different personalities. I'd be locked up in an insane <laughs> asylum. We have that one, right. Yeah. We have that one life. I mean, this is that what we have to realize there's, there's not different people. And so, you know, we right now to be proactive, not only do we we talk and share within our children, but we have individual therapists that we like to be able to counsel, that we talk with, to be able to share about what's going on. But we also have one together, right? Most people in business or in life look for the help after it's yes. gotten too bad. It's too late. Be proactive. And that's what we continue to be able to do. And I want people to, and that's why I'm saying this, because I won't go, People go, I don't want anyone to know that I have a therapist or I see someone or I, I... no, it's okay. The best people I know in this world do. Absolutely. They have mentors, they have therapists, they have all these things. And they, because they're sharing what they're going through, it'll help you. Well, thank you so much. This has been so uplifting, very inspiring. I always love talking to you and I really appreciate you sharing your story today. Yeah, of course. I, again, if it even can be able to help one person that know that they're not alone. That's, that's exactly what I, I intend to do on this world. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.